Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. All right, thanks for joining us again here on Healing at the Speed of Light. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Today, we're gonna to be talking about rheumatoid arthritis, and we're gonna be referencing a study titled Low Power Laser Therapy in Rheumatoid Arthritis. This was published in Lasers and Medical Science. And get this, this was published back in February of 1989. So laser is not some brand new thing that we're just now discovering necessarily. These studies have been going on for a long time and I wanted to pull this one in from, uh, from, from this long ago. You know, this is an old study to show you that there has been evidence that laser can be helpful for many, many conditions for years and years and years. And a big question we get very, very frequently is, well, why don't so many people use laser? Well, there's a lot of different reasons. One of the reasons is studies like this kind of tend to get buried because it's hard to make money off of something that is so simple and so easy to, to do. And I don't mean to make light of what we do uh, with laser therapy, but when you have the correct protocols and the right equipment, this can be really simple to get patients some really, really good results. So before I get ahead of myself, let's talk a little bit about what rheumatoid arthritis is. Now, this is not the wear and tear kind of osteoarthritis that we've talked about on the show before. This is inflammatory arthritis. And inflammatory arthritis is a result of an autoimmune process. Now, rheumatoid arthritis is very, very common. We're talking about 200,000 cases per year in the United States alone. So this happens quite a bit. Um, it really does target the joints. And what happens is, uh, well, the symptoms can vary case by case, for one thing. But what happens is, generally you get a lot of morning stiffness, you get pain, and you get enlarged swollen joint capsules, along with bone and cartilage erosion, eventually. Now this most commonly happens in the fingers. So as a patient or as someone who maybe knows somebody with rheumatoid arthritis, what do you see? What do you see most of the time? The most common thing that people will be familiar with is that kind of enlargement and twisting, kind of that the disruption of the normal appearance of the fingers. That's, that's the one that people see most frequently. Now you can get some of that with some other types of arthritis as well. But rheumatoid arthritis in particular is progressive. So it starts with some pain, starts with some of that stiffness, and it goes on to have these deformed kind of looking uh, fingers, especially. Although you can have this happen in the feet and toes, uh, the wrists, the elbows, the knees, the ankles, uh, shoulders, sometimes even the organs can have effects from rheumatoid arthritis. It's just the most common place you're gonna see these symptoms is in the fingers. And the big difference between uh, arthritis, osteoarthritis, and rheumatoid, inflammatory arthritis, is oftentimes you'll see redness and heat in these joints that are affected uh, with, with rheumatoid arthritis. Whereas in osteoarthritis, that's much less common. Now, this can also happen in the spine, and it gets to be kind of the most dangerous when this happens in the neck and the cervical spine because it can actually erode some of the bone that stabilizes the upper part of the neck. And if that happens, then you can end up in a, in a position where 
you can have a, a small injury that ends up being very traumatic to the nervous system, meaning you can get uh, actual uh, paralysis sometimes or even death from a fracture that should never have happened. So, good diagnosis. As usual with these things, you want a good diagnosis. You want somebody tracking. You want a provider that will track your progress with this and make sure that they're staying on top of your symptoms, where this uh, arthritic process is happening, and doing the testing that needs to be done. Now, he's already said that the symptoms can vary a lot case by case, and, and obviously even where the, the symptoms occur can vary a lot. Again, though, the fingers are the most common, and you'll see the, the joints actually do enlarge. They get warm and red. Uh, on x-ray, you can actually see some of the bone and cartilage erosion. And then blood testing uh, is, is another way to really kind of confirm exactly what's going on here. Blood tests commonly done for this are rheumatoid factor, CRP, ESR, and then sometimes an ELISA test to look for the antibodies that are present with rheumatoid factor. If you go to a rheumatologist, they're gonna know all this. They're gonna know what they're looking for. Um, however, if you're starting at your family doctor, a lot of times x-rays and early blood tests will at least give you an idea that something's just not quite right um, with, uh, with whatever arthritic process is going on. Just make sure that if you're getting evaluated that you get a very solid answer on exactly what type of arthritic process is happening because the treatments for osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, gout, some of these other disorders, the treatments are very different even though some of these symptoms can be very similar. So make sure you have a very solid diagnosis and a very good, uh, well-rounded treatment plan uh, that actually addresses the type of arthritis that you are dealing with. So most people want to know, how does this happen? Um, you know, why did this happen to me? And with rheumatoid arthritis, we really aren't sure. We don't really know why this gets triggered in some people and not others. We do know that it appears to be an overreaction of the immune system. And one term that really does apply here is persistent cellular activation. And that is that activation of the cells that produce this immune response. I'm gonna get kind of technical with you here for a minute. But what happens is you have these antibodies that are generated from some kind of inflammatory event. That can be an injury, that can be an infection, that can be a whole, a whole host of different things. And these antibodies kind of settle into the joints. They activate B lymphocytes and macrophages, which promote that inflammatory response. That allows T cell entries into the joints. And that then goes into this inflammatory cascade that involves tumor necrosis factor alpha, and interleukin-17 and a bunch of other of the interleukins. The, the point with all that that you don't need to remember, the point with all that is that there's a whole cellular process here where things are not working correctly, where we have a cascade of effects with the inflammatory system that start to do this destructive process to the joint. But it starts with the cellular cascade, this, this persistent cellular activation that just keeps going and going instead of getting turned off like usual. Now, if you've been listening in to what we've been talking about with laser and the way that laser affects the cellular activities, you're going to know already, hey, this sounds like something laser could actually help with. And you're exactly right. So let's get into the study and what it shows. So the study 
was done on 35 patients that had rheumatoid arthritis. They had an average age of about 60 years old, and they'd had rheumatoid arthritis for an average of about 14 years. So this has been going on for a very long time for these folks. This is not something brand new. A lot of times when people have had a disease for a long time, you get hopeless. Uh, a few years of having something, you just decide you're stuck with it forever. Not necessarily true. Now, these folks were put into the study, which was a double-blinded study, meaning that the person doing the treatment didn't know if it was the real treatment or a sham treatment, and then the patient didn't know either. So that's trying to avoid that placebo effect. Because they, they did the laser as well as a placebo treatment, so they held up a, a, a non-functioning laser, um, and this was applied to the fingers. Now, um, typically, treatment for this does not include laser. That's not really in the typical recommendations, and especially back in 1989, no one was doing laser for this. What were they doing? Well, some exercise, some occupational therapy, psychology, um, some people go through some, uh, some, some different uh, strategies, mental strategies for coping with pain, but methotrexate is one of the big medications that is commonly prescribed for this. Methotrexate, if you recognize that name at all, it is chemotherapy. It's a chemotherapy drug. Does that have some type of side effects? Absolutely it does, especially liver damage. Another one that's commonly recommended for rheumatoid arthritis is your NSAIDs, your non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. So that's going to be things like ibuprofen. Now, we know that NSAIDs have a pretty significant track record of some major side effects, not necessarily in the short term, but especially on the long term with GI and kidney damage. The thing is, there's that, that's really about it for, for current recommendations for treatment is either chemo drugs, NSAIDs, um, learning to deal with it, live with it. Um, there's just very few real treatments out there that get good results and very few alternative treatments too. You know, a lot of times people look to the alternatives and that's good, but in this case we really just don't have a lot of alternative treatments that really can be said to work well for rheumatoid arthritis. So back to this study. Again, they're, they're talking about people that have had rheumatoid arthritis for a long time. They put them into this study and they either did laser or they did the placebo. All right? They treated these folks three times a week for four weeks. And they used a low power laser at the 820 nanometer range. Then that's in that infrared range. They treated for about 60 seconds per joint and they measured several different things at the beginning and the end of the study. They measured grip strength, they measured swelling, the range of motion, the ability to close the hand, the morning stiffness time, they measured pain. One of the really neat things with this study though is they went ahead and measured some of these inflammatory markers, these really important biochemical markers in these patients. So we already talked about kind of how this inflammatory cascade happens and some of the kind of complex biochemical reactions that do take place. Well, these researchers went ahead and measured ESR, said rate. They measured fibrinogen, they measured the leukocytes and the lymphocytes and the hemoglobin. They did this with a blood test. They did this before and after laser was done. So let's go ahead and talk about what they found. So during the trial, 
the grip strength improved in the laser treated group, whereas a decrease in the placebo, placebo, excuse me, placebo group was noted. Swelling in the finger joints decreased for those who got laser and did not change for the placebos. The ability to close the hand, listen to this, actually improved. So before treatment, the average was that patients could only get down to about 6.5 millimeters um, closed, meaning there was a gap between their fingertips and their palm of about 6.5 millimeters. At the end of the study, that was down to 0.0 millimeters. These folks went from not being able to close their hands to fully being able to close the hand. That's pretty significant. In the placebo group, no change. Also, we noted a significant decreasing trend of the duration of morning stiffness from about one and a quarter hours to just a half an hour for the laser group. So that morning time uh, stiffness where people are having a really hard time opening, closing, moving the fingers went from over an hour to about a half an hour. Whereas in the folks that were getting the placebo treatment, the, uh, the sham laser, it really didn't change at all. Now, both groups, the laser and placebo group, actually did experience a decrease in pain. However, the folks who got laser had a much more significant decrease of pain than the patients who got the imaginary, the sham laser. And remember we talked about they measured some of these blood chemistry markers. So how did those look? Well, the sedimentation rate, which is an inflammatory marker, actually had a significant reduction, meaning there was less inflammatory uh, processes going on as, as marked by blood work, this blood work. And the number of leukocytes showed a fall. And leukocytes are a white blood cell. And they are a really big marker for how active the immune system is, how much inflammation is going on. So both the sedimentation rate and number of leukocytes went down with a significant trend, whereas in the folks who did not get laser, there was no change there at all. So not only did we see an improvement in grip strength, improvement in mobility, a decrease in pain, decrease in stiffness in the morning, but we also saw those chemical changes happen in the body that you can't, you can't make that up. You can't just imagine your sed rate to be better. So these are very, very real results. Here's your takeaways. Number one, laser improves not only the symptoms, but also the cellular environments and the joint biochemistry. So we're not talking about just imaginary pain reduction here, or even pain reduction as much. We're talking about actually improving the function and the biochemical environment when, uh, with a rheumatoid arthritic joint. Number two, our current treatment recommendations have tons of side effects, obviously. Um, and are they effective? To some degree, absolutely. Thank goodness they are. However, there are almost no side effects with laser. This, this particular study noted no side effects at all. When we do talk laser side effects, we're talking about a little bit of temporary fatigue, a little bit of temporary soreness, and that is it. Which one's gonna be easier on you? Methotrexate, chemotherapy, or laser? Well, I think it's pretty clear, laser is gonna be the one to do it. So if you have arthritis, if you have rheumatoid arthritis in particular, if a loved one has rheumatoid arthritis and you are not 
trying laser therapy, if you've not sought out someone who can do laser, you need to do it. You owe it to yourself. It doesn't even take that much effort. 60 seconds per joint as all these researchers did. And this was in 1989. Do you think we've gotten better at this since then? Absolutely we have. So if you or a loved one has rheumatoid arthritis, get some laser therapy. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you are a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.